Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we decipher all of Disney's extra magic hour offerings, all the extra times that you can get into the parks, which ones cost money, which ones don't, and overall just try to give you a clearer picture of what all these different things are. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special shout out and thanks to DisneyFanatic32830 for your recent review. If we've been helping you plan your trips and you'd like to support the podcast regularly or with a one-time donation, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Monthly patrons get bonus content including live trip reports and bonus episodes. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So, I was listening to the Diz Unplugged the other day, and they made a kind of offhand comment about how the incredible amount of extra magic hours or offerings from disney for things outside of regular park hours with the word magic in it have become super confusing and you know they made a offhand remark about it but you know here at disney deciphered we're here to help you decipher kind of these things that can be confusing so leslie and i thought it would be a good time to talk about the different after hours offerings or see i can't even use that term because that's an official disney term and extracurricular hours offering at the disney world parks and also you know we can talk a little bit about our um, how extra magic hours affects our strategy. So how's that sound? I'm a, I've a, I'm already starting to confuse myself, Leslie. I know I'm really <laughs> I'm confused already too. And you know, being that I focus on Disneyland as well, there are additional offerings over there at Disneyland that I'm not even going to say the names of because I don't want to confuse people even more. But oh yeah, we, Disneyland <laughs> Paris uses the word magic too, but they call it something different. So it's oh jeez, yeah. So <laughs> over, this is not a. This is not Disney entire planet Earth decipher today. We're just going to focus on Disney World to not confuse ourselves or you, the listener. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's get going. All right. So let's get started with the standard basic extra magic hours. So extra magic hours is a benefit that's offered to anyone who's staying at a Disney World resort. It's also offered to people staying at Swan and Dolphin, Shades of Green, Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek, The Four Seasons, The Wall of Astoria, and also all of the Disney Springs hotels. So there's seven hotels um, that are considered Disney Springs hotels. So all those hotels are offered extra magic hours. 
it's certainly an ever-increasing list. And the addition of the Disney Springs hotels was fairly new. I think that was in 2018, at sometime in the middle of 2018 that that happened. And it's only guaranteed through the end of 2019, but uh, remains to be seen whether that will be extended. Yeah, I don't think they've officially extended that yet, but I think good money is on betting that that's going to happen. So Extra Magic Hours, what it is, it's a chance to either enter a park early, um, those are called morning Extra Magic Hours, or stay in a park late past the regular closing time, which is called evening Extra Magic Hours. So they're usually offered one or two days a week, and you kind of have to look in your My Disney Experience app or on one of the calendars online to see what days they're offered. Um, For the next few months, things are a little bit different, but I noticed that Epcot is having evening Extra Magic Hours generally on Tuesdays, and it looks like Magic Kingdom is generally having evening extra magic hours on Wednesdays. So, you know, that's kind of what it looks like for the next few months. But during that time, extra magic hours, you know, what do things change? Like, what do people need to know about what they need for extra magic hours? And also, how does their queuing for rides look different, Leslie? So in the mornings, uh, you'll just enter the park with your magic band like you do. And of course, they'll be able to tell that you're you have extra magic hours access because the the band says says it all right <laughs> that you're on property. But tracking in, you, tracking you. Yes, yes. Like nobody does it better than Disney. But in the evenings, they don't kick anybody out. So if you're staying off property, you you know won't get kicked out of the park during extra magic hours. But you won't be able to ride any rides because when it's time for extra magic hours to start in the evenings, if you go to ride an attraction, somebody in your party they'll scan the band to make sure that that person has privileges for extra magic hours and is staying on property yeah and there's also no fast pass plus during that time um i think i learned that the hard way so you know it's just a regular queue so the queue moves faster than it normally seems like it would but everyone is going to be lining up one thing i've noticed at extra magic hours especially in the evening is sometimes the queue looks long on the outside because that's the point where cast members are scanning everyone's bands but even for like, say, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Magic Kingdom, you know, I was there right when Extra Magic Hours opened one day and the queue seemed really long. But once I got inside, it really wasn't that bad. It was only like 15, 20 minutes, which is way better than normal. Which brings us to, you know, what are your kind of strategies with Extra Magic Hours? Do you like to take advantage of them? Do you avoid the parks? You know, what are your kind of feelings about it? Well, there certainly is data that, especially for the morning extra magic hours, that the parks that have them remain more crowded throughout the rest of the day. So there's some thought that uh, maybe you're not smart to use them. But I actually find that if you're able to get there, I mean, to those parks, say 30 minutes before park opening time, maybe even 20 minutes, get in ride a lot of rides and then bail out and park hop to another park, then I find that a really effective touring strategy for the most part. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. If you can get there early, you know, I don't mind doing that. And then in terms of the evening, I think usually when I'm enjoying evening extra magic hours, I'm kind of at the point in the day where I'm just a little bit more relaxed about the rides or I've hit all my big e-ticket attractions, my big line attractions. And so, you know, to me, that's like a great time to ride those rides that could have like a long ride during the day, like say Jungle Cruise, but, um, you know, are going to be a little bit more chill at night, especially when, you know, a lot of the general crowd has cleared out. So, you know, I really like evening extra magic hours. And even if I don't get to ride the rides, um, you know, it's nice to just kind of be there and continue to enjoy it, especially in a place like Magic Kingdom. If I'm not planning on going to the extra magic hours, I do avoid the parks with the morning extra magic hours because, you know, I think it just is logical that they're going to be more crowded throughout the day. Um, But, you know, if I'm going to go to the extra magic hours, of course, I'll stay in that park for a while or I'll bail, like you said. 
So one thing I'll add is that the evening magic hours function very differently for me based upon what park it is. I mean, the Magic Kingdom ones can go very, very late till 2 a.m. occasionally, sometimes of year. And at that point, a lot of families clear out and I find I can ride a lot of the thrill rides. But like the magic, extra magic hours at Epcot don't go that late. And Epcot's a park that a lot of adults will stay in because they're eating at the restaurants. So I can find that the lines, especially for like a, a thrill ride like Test Track, they never subside during the evening extra magic hours so you have to think about that strategically because all extra magic hours are not created equal yeah i think evening extra magic hours and magic kingdom makes the most sense because it has the most attractions so obviously the number of people are going to be spread out between those attractions things are going to look a little different this fall though because with hollywood studios star wars galaxy's edge opening disney announced that they would be doing extra extra magic hour so leslie tell me about these what are these extra extra magic hours Say that three times fast. Extra, extra magic hours. Uh, I can't believe they just added an extra, extra to the name. So very, very confusing. But in any event, these are... Hours in the morning only, where three of the four parks will open early. For Hollywood Studios, the parks will open between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. early. And for Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, the parks will open between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. early. And this is for the same group that we already discussed who gets extra Magic Hour privileges, the on-property and the extended Disney Springs and et cetera, group of hotels. So this runs from August 29th through November 2nd. So this is just a limited time offering this fall to kind of deal with the crush of crowds they're expecting for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Right. And because of that, obviously, none of those parks, since they're offering these extra, extra magic hours every day, um, none of those parks are going to have morning extra magic hours during that time. And I was looking through, I mean, I only looked through a few weeks, but I didn't Think I, I don't think I saw morning extra magic hours at Epcot anyway. Actually, I'm not sure they ever have morning extra magic at Epcot because that sort of doesn't make sense. So with this extra, extra magic hour, oh, I just, I'm done saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. With this double extra magic hours, what what are your plans? You know, and I think this is relevant to us since uh, we both have trips planned for this fall. You know, what are you thinking your strategy is going to be utilizing these extra, extra magic hours? Well, my strategy is going to be no sleep, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be there early for any chance that I can get to dodge the crowds. I mean, I think that's really hard to do for families. I mean, how many mornings in a row can you get your kids up out of bed at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m.? I mean, that that will be a painful Disney vacation, and that's above and beyond what – you know, you and I do to our children even. So, you know, I think you kind of have to pick the park that matters most to you. Uh, I would recommend like for families with younger kids, I mean, take advantage of those early hours at Magic Kingdom. And I think that's a really smart use of the extra, extra magic hours. But yeah, you, you pick your poison is my is my advice for those of you who will be there on extended vacations in the fall. And uh, don't try to, to go to every park early every morning. That's just a beast. Yeah, I agree. And early reports for these extra, extra magic hours are that crowds have been great, especially at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. But even at Hollywood Studios at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you know, Smuggler's Run has not been out of control. So, you know, I think if your kids can wake up early, definitely I would do what you said and head to Magic Kingdom. You can definitely make some hay there. If you're going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and you get there at six, um, you know, I don't think you have to wait too long in line. You know, I saw Tom Bricker of Disney Tourist Blog. He posted what he had done, um, and he pretty much finished all of Hollywood Studios by 9 a.m. Um, and so, you know, that's something that you can definitely do. 
especially if you don't have kids uh, and you can go quickly, you should be able to hit the majority of that park uh, or at least the rides in that park before 9 a.m. We should note, though, that crowds have been light, but it's also September. School has just started. Hurricane Dorian went through, so they may increase before November, but I think uh, we're both pretty confident that they should still be at least low enough for us to handle in October. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, remember that these extra, extra magic hours were announced before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland. So we did not yet know what the crush of crowds was was going to be. And of course, they were less than was expected at Disneyland. Mm, The non-crush. The non-crush, yes. So I think that may very well be the case, that it will not be as busy as everyone feared when these were instituted as sort of a stopgap measure to control crowds. So I think there's probably some some great value in them if you can take advantage, but they aren't as essential as I would have said they were going to be, you know, three months ago. Yeah, two last comments on this. One, I feel like we've discussed this before, so I apologize if you're having a little bit of deja vu, but it's always good to save the same point twice if it's a worthwhile point. Number two, Leslie and I were talking about this offline We were debating, you know, if the crowds are as light as they were at Disneyland, will Disney back off on these extra, extra magic hours and take them away? And I'm thinking, and I think Leslie agrees, unless they're losing like a ton of money, like nobody's going and they're paying these cast members and they're losing like really a lot of money, I think there's like no way they take this away because it looks way too bad for them to get rid of these extra, extra magic hours because it's going to make it look like, wow, Star Wars Land is like a complete bust which is something that some people say already. So I don't think Disney can take that PR hit. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If anything, they might cut cast members running some of the other attractions, maybe not open as many attractions in the parks or, you know, only run them at half capacity like they've done at different slower points of points of uh, time in, in the past. So we, we shall see. But I agree. I don't think that they are going to take them away entirely if even if they aren't really needed. All right. So moving on. Another kind of temporary ticket offering, it's called the Midday Magic Ticket Offer. It is currently scheduled to run through December 15th, 2019, so only for this fall. Again, I think if this goes well, it's something that probably will be extended. And if it doesn't go well, then you won't see it extended, but that means nobody was buying it. So the bottom line, you can buy a two, three, or four-day ticket. That is special because it only allows you admission after 12 p.m. noon um, and then for the rest of the day. You can either buy a single park ticket or you can add on a park hopper or add on the park hopper plus with the pools and all that. Um, you know, So you can do kind of all the regular stuff you can do with a normal Disney ticket except for you can't get into the parks until after 12. A two-day ticket starts at $88 per day. So for a total of $176, three-day starts at $84 per day for a total of $252. This is all not including tax. And four-day starts at $79 per day uh, for a total of $316. These tickets are controlled by the same calendar that controls peak and non-peak times and the variable pricing. So you know that's just the lowest that you'd pay on a non-peak day. So midday magic, you're saving you know 30 or 40 bucks per day, but you can't enter the parks until 12. What do you think of this ticket offer, Leslie? I mean, I guess it makes sense for a few certain types of families. Like if you have if you have kids that you know you aren't going to be able to get up early or maybe if you're staying at a hotel like the Four Seasons where the pools are so great and you're going to want to spend a lot of time taking advantage of those amenities, it could make sense. But for me, if I'm going to Disney World, I want to go early. 
I want to hit those ride lines when they're shortest. Yeah, I, I don't want to go into the park just as everybody else is going into the park in the middle of the day. Yeah, I mean, 12 o'clock is like kind of when things start getting really busy. So I definitely agree with that. I think if I was like there by myself and wasn't, I guess, doing research for this podcast or wasn't going crazy. Okay, so yeah. Really, there's no scenario where I wouldn't go to Disney World and not go crazy. But if I was a normal person and I was just by myself or even with my wife, if you get in at 12 and you have good Fast Pass Plus strategy, um, you're good at Fast Pass Plus Refresh, which we talked about in another episode, if you're good at knowing when to go to which rides and when to avoid the biggest crowds, I can see where, you know, maybe I'll want to sleep in. Um, you know, I can make that work. So I can see a scenario where this works and if you have kids who like just never wake up maybe you have teenagers like if you have teenagers and you know they're never going to wake up and you know they don't really care about rope dropping dumbo anyway uh, maybe this works but i think it definitely depends on the family i do think this is disney further trying to control is not the right word but at least get a sense of when people are using the parks um and so you know we'll see how this goes um so i'm probably not going to use this but to me if you're a family that wants to save money this is not the worst option, um, but just understand you're probably not going to get on as many attractions as you'd like. Because the reality is before noon is when I get 50% of the attractions of the day done. Yeah, totally agree. So let's close this out by talking about a few of the other early morning and late evening options that are available sometimes, but not every time. One of them is called the early morning magic. And this is a specially ticketed event where the parks would open early to guests who paid extra and they would also have to have a park ticket on top of that. So you get in, you get breakfast, you get to ride the rides with lower lower weights and fewer people. This was really popular in the last many months for people who wanted to ride Toy Story Land, uh, Slinky Dog Dash several times in a short period of time. But it's not currently being offered, of course, because of the extra, extra magic hours that are happening in these parks starting on August 29th. I think some people really like it, but it was never super appealing to me. It was $79 at Magic Kingdom and you could get in at $7.45. Everyone else gets in at $9. Um, and it was only Fantasyland in Magic Kingdom, so that was like six or seven rides. Um, and then there's breakfast at Cosmic Rays at the end, which you would go, obviously, when the rest of the park's coming in. But 9 to 10 is still prime rope drop riding time. So um, I didn't love it. At the same time, you know, if rides are your thing, time is money at Walt Disney World. So the amount of time you might save riding those rides might make it so that you have one less Magic Kingdom day or one less day on your ticket overall. So maybe the math... Makes sense. So I'm guessing that this will come back next year in early 2020, especially when Rise of the Resistance opens. Um, but obviously, we don't know that for sure yet. All right. So tell me about the after hours party, or I don't even know if it's called a party, but it's called after hours. So the Disney after hours events happen in Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. And these are something that you don't need a regular park ticket to, like the Halloween party or the Christmas party. You just can buy a ticket for this. You get into the park at 7 p.m. and then everybody else kicks, gets kicked out either at 9 or at 10 and you get the park to yourself. So this is a great time to get in a lot of thrill rides, um, especially if you're a night owl. Um, the cost is... Well over $100. It depends on, on the uh, park, 125 or 129 Yeah, that's right. So it's 125 right now, and I think after October, it's going to be 129 The value proposition for this is much better in my mind because you get in at 7, uh, everyone gets kicked out at 
the earliest nine at the latest 10, but then you get an extra three hours when everyone is gone. And, um, you know, I do think with Animal Kingdom, I'm guessing Flight of Passage still gets pretty busy unless you go like at the very end of the after hours party. But definitely at Magic Kingdom, you know, you can just imagine how empty it would be. And what we're talking about is you're spending $125 for six hours in the park if it's open, like when Magic Kingdom's open from 10 to 1 for the after hours party. And that is a ton of time. Um, And so I can guarantee you that at Magic Kingdom, $125 is essentially how much you would pay for a one-day ticket to Magic Kingdom. And you're going to get way more done from 7 to 1 a.m. than you would from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So, you know, I think it's a pretty good value there. And I'm sort of bummed that none of my dates have matched up with one of these after hours parties before because I really want to go to one. Yeah, they definitely intrigued me as well and haven't been able to take advantage. I mean, there's also the advantage of this happens at night. So if you're visiting during a hot time of the year, then you can dodge some of the really brutal daytime Orlando weather. So hopefully at one point we'll get to try some of these out. One day, Leslie, one day. All right. And then the last thing we want to note is that there is the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. And there's also the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party. Those are also extra ticketed events that get you into the Magic Kingdom. Same idea. You can usually enter at 4 p.m. and then everyone gets kicked out at 7 p.m. and the party runs till anywhere between 10 and 12. Um, And so these are hard ticketed events. You do not need a park ticket for those days and you get to stay in the park extra. And then, of course, you get to do all the extra Halloween or Christmas stuff. Please refer back to our Halloween and Christmas party episodes, respectively, if you're curious about what goes on in those parties. Got it. Well, that is certainly a lot of extra morning hours, extra evening hours to keep track of. Just call it extra magic. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully we've held, helped you make sense of those. Um, I'm not sure I quite fully have my brain around them all, right, Joe? Yeah, it's early. It's early. So, um, but yeah, let's finish things out with a Disney do or don't. So I've got a Disney do that is sort of related to um, extra magic hours. And my Disney do is, like Leslie said, for evening extra magic hours, you do not get kicked out of the parks if you're not a on-site guest. So what I really enjoy doing is at Epcot, technically the park closes at 9, but on an extra magic hour day, you can stay until 11. So after Illuminations, I really enjoy just wandering around World Showcase, eating some stuff here, eating some stuff there. Not partaking in any attractions, but just enjoying kind of the overall feel of World Showcase. I'm sure you could do that at Magic Kingdom as well, uh, or really any of the parks, but I'd be way more tempted to ride an attraction there. But World Showcase is kind of the perfect place to chill. You know, people go to World Showcase and don't ride attractions at all. So Extra Magic Hours is the perfect time to do that. There's way less people, um, and you can get your Stroopwafel popcorn at Germany like I would. Definitely. All right, so thanks so much. What are your feelings of Extra Magic Hours Do you like to take advantage of them? Do you find them confusing? Do you have any further questions? Do we miss anything? Please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Other than that, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Leslie, and I will see you at 6 a.m. Thanks, Joe.